we're back. It's another episode of Reliving the Lights. My name is Josh Kuypers. I am Anthony Oakman. Uh, hey, Josh. <laughs> yeah? You want to talk about best laid plans? <laughs> I think I think that's a great plan, actually. All right. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt what your uh, <laughs> intro was going to be there. But. No, uh, I don't. I don't have a ton. I was just going to say <laughs> that I like to keep you guessing on how you will be introduced. Uh, <laughs> and as you were saying that, I kept you guessing. So I guess it <laughs> yeah. worked out. Uh, this is this is not a professional outfit we've got going on here. This is uh, two thirty-year-old dudes posted up in their in-laws in their spare bedrooms and wherever we can find a place to record. Professionalism isn't why you listen to us, though. Let's be honest. Yeah, I hope not. We're failing miserably if that's the case. But we're you probably you probably haven't stuck with us for episode twenty-one if if you were looking for professionalism. I would think not. We are coming hot off the heels of last week's perfect 10 rated episode Mud Bowl. You know, I don't know if it's going to live up to that this episode, but there is a lot going on, a lot to talk about. We've got some huge developments uh, for the show, so we do have a lot to talk about. Let's dig right in. Yeah, yeah. All right, so no no hesitation here. Best laid plans. This episode originally aired April 4th of 2007. We got a movie dude one. We have got, once again, two weeks in a row, we have got an anonymous yep. and a movie dude one. All right. Uh, the movie dude one one, just from pure glancing at it, looks pretty complex. So, <laughs> oh boy. Uh, like, it's it's a... It looks like a paragraph. I'm not counting periods or exclamation points or question marks yet. So I don't want to say that it's not two sentences long, but it looks like if it is, it's going to be a rough one. If it's not, we might have uh, another good movie due to one on our hands. All right. I'm looking forward to it. So here's the the plot synopsis from Anonymous first. Coach Taylor makes a final decision about whether or not to take the job at Texas Methodist University while Tyra's secret is revealed. I wonder um, why you're staying anonymous. <laughs> One sentence to cover this episode. Come on. Get real. Tyra's secret. <laughs> uh, yeah, we don't even know what's a. Yeah. All right. So here's Movie Dude One. Movie Dude One says the team tries to lighten up around the town's annual roast as Coach Taylor. I just laughed even thinking about the annual roast. I'm so excited <laughs> to talk about it. We'll start again. Yeah. The team tries to lighten up around the town's annual roast as Coach Taylor has accepted the new job offer, but has yet to tell anyone outside of his own family. Jason starts as a new assistant coach, and his first assignment is Matt. Lila's life, Lila misspelled again. Lila's life falls apart when she storms out of her house when her parents announce they're splitting up and she catches Jason out with Susan. Tim's neighbor. Susan, really? She's never been uh, called Susan. I don't think so, yeah. (laughs) Okay. Tim's neighbor puts the brakes on their growing relationship for the sake of her son, and he turns to Tyra, who is steamed about Landry undermining (laughs) her confidence in him. The coach's wife makes a counteroffer to his new job. (laughs) Ah, this is like a six. For movie dude one, I feel like he really tried. I feel like movie dude he one did. He really did tried his hardest 
to make this a good one, but he failed. Yeah. Tyler was really steamed. <laughs> really peeved off. <laughs> Sorry, movie dude one. I take that back. We want you on the show. I we do. We love you. Please come on the show. <laughs> yeah. It's so it's it's just a roast. We're just roasting <laughs> you a little bit. It's all in good fun. It's just it's part of the the gimmick for the episode. So all right, this episode almost starts out with a naked 17-year-old Tim Riggins, but not quite. Not quite. No. We get a we get a quick scene of Tammy Tammy waking up next to coach and she's just got a feeling. She wakes up with a feeling yeah. that they should not move to Austin. Yep, she wakes up middle of the night, the bad feeling. She tells coach not to commit. The scene hit a little too close to home, especially oh. with this week, not because of the waking up in the middle of the night with a bad feeling, but that literally as they agree that coach isn't going to commit and they decide to go back to sleep, coach's alarm goes off right then and there. <laughs> um, and that is this morning I had, well, first of all, we got to break the fourth wall and, and let out a little secret. Sometimes we record these episodes back to back. So last week's episode, when we said I was done with classes, it's the same day. <laughs> um, so this morning I had a test at seven o'clock and I set an alarm for six thirty. and I kid you not, I woke up and I was like, ah, it's the middle of the night. Like I got to go back to sleep, you know, whatever. And so I'm trying to go back to sleep, trying to go back to sleep, trying to go back to sleep. Can't do it. So I finally, I'm like, let me check what time it is. 629. Ah. <laughs> I was furious. So <laughs> that is, that is a terrible feeling. It is the worst feeling in the world. Yep. Nothing worse than waking up before your alarm. It's, For me, it usually takes the form of, I know my kid is going to, it's like 1130 at night. And I know my kid is going to wake up sometime between 1130 and midnight. But Benny? Like, oh, Benny. Yep. Benny Kenny. Right. And it's like, oh, I should just try and stay up until he wakes up. Nah, maybe it doesn't seem like he's going to wake up. I'm going to go to sleep. Take my glasses off. Put my head on the pillow immediately. That's boom. That's when he wakes up. So. But that's that's in the past because Benny Kenny's been sleeping through the night for like four or five days in a row now. So oh, shout out to Benny Kenny. Benny Kenny, what up, brother? He's yeah, he is he's he's a happy boy and even more happy now that he's sleeping. So we love to see it. We love to see it. So <laughs> coach has to get up. He's gotta go to Austin for the TMU interview type situation. But we then do see that naked 17 year old Tim Riggins, as we mentioned earlier. <laughs> yep. Um, he and the neighbor Susan, apparently. Nope. This is Jackie. Oh, Jackie. You're right. Sorry. <laughs> Susan. I get tattoo. I, I have only been referring to both of them as tattoo girl and neighbor. So of course that <laughs> yeah, can be, yeah, so forgiven Tim and Jackie are Jackie. making out in bed. They get interrupted by Bo, who is outside the door. He really wants French toast. Yes. Tim sneaks out a, I don't know if you noted this, I did, an alarmingly low to the ground window. Yes, I did notice <laughs> that. What, yeah, I don't like, I paused and rewound it because I was like, I turned to Angie, I was like, was that a really low window? <laughs> was it just me? And Angie, she had a good point. 
she was like, I bet it's because they don't have to have basements that they, but it still seems like a weird place to put a window. Yeah. Like if it, within, when it's that low, it seems like you could like stumble into it and bust out the window. Right. Well, not only that, but like there's like shrubs right outside. Like I feel like <laughs> there could be some like landscaping accidents. Like a rock could just, I mean, if the winds, and of course, once again, this is, I'm thinking in South Dakota terms and not Texas, but like, the wind could blow something into that. I mean, you got branches right out there. I don't, I, it seemed, but it is obviously it's a real house. So whoever built it must have their reasons. But. <laughs> you know, I think we're both fairly well-traveled guys, but when it comes down to it, we haven't lived more than like four hours yeah. from our home. It's <laughs> true. So it's true. who knows? <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's true. But yeah, Tim Tim stumbles out the window and then <laughs> promptly goes around the house and knocks on the front door. <laughs> I mean, pretty clever move, I think, you know. Yeah. All things considered. I mean, you could have just gone home. It's right next door, but <laughs> right. Cuz I think uh Jackie looks pretty like what are you doing? Like she yeah, gives him a look serious? like <laughs> Bo's like, "Oh, you're up early, Tim Riggins." Bo's psyched. Yeah, Bo's <laughs> thrilled. But coach, coach is going through. He's being put through the ringer a little bit out there in Austin at TMU. And yeah, and he's he's kind of pussyfooting around. He doesn't want to give them a, a solid answer. No, because he he did ask for some time to decide because he needed to make the decision with his family. But now they're putting the screws to him, saying, "You got to tell us right now, yes or no." Yeah, they've got another coach ready to take the job. Mm-hmm. Um. That Don't want to lose their second choice because yep. waiting for their first choice. So even though he told Tammy, well, I think he told Tammy, at least Tammy requested that he not say yes on the spot. He goes ahead and says yes. On he the does. Spot. Yeah. Gentlemen, I accept. <laughs> so from there, we see Landry knocking on Tyra's door. He has ditched calculus as we find out to check on her because she's been out of school for two days. She kind of is pretty surprised about it. She says, I don't think you've ever skipped a class in your life. <laughs> Landry wants to make sure that she has someone to talk to. Tyra kind of says, you know, what's maybe I'd, I'd rather just forget about it. She's ready to move on. She's not ready to emotionally really tackle no. uh, what, what happened to her. No, let's not make a big deal out of this. Let's just, let's just move on. Not an uncommon response to trauma, for sure. Uh, we find out about that there's going to be a football team roast banquet of some yes. sort. And Waverly and Smash are talking about it. And Waverly tells him, like, listen, with everything going on, I just don't think I can handle this. Uh, I don't think mentally I'm able to do it. But the problem is the Smash don't fly solo. So correct. he wants Waverly by his side at the banquet. We we then cut to Street, who runs into Susan at the like the Dillon City office. It seems like, yeah, yep. So we find out that he's been assigned, uh, uh, hired as an assistant coach. Um, he's there to like do some paperwork, right, for the city. Yeah, I didn't understand really what he was doing. Why do you have to go to out to fill out paperwork at City Hall? I mean, maybe because it's a government 
Yeah, I wonder um, if it's because because he's technically working for the city because he's technically working for because he's working for the, the school, school, which is technically working for the city. So he has to fill out the paperwork. Yeah. It's kind of like I know, like with SDSU and like the all the Board of Regents colleges, uh-huh. they technically work for the state of South Dakota. Oh, okay, sure. Um, and because my job, uh, we have the state of South Dakota account, uh-huh. and we often like. When I was in the uh, my former position, people would call in, and I would see like State of South Dakota listed as their uh, employer, and then they would be, I would ask for their employer, and they'd be like South Dakota State or USD or whatever. Sure. And so that's basically how I learned that technically, uh, <laughs> yeah, they're state board of regents employers are state employees. So I'm assuming it's the same thing where if you're the high school coach, you're employed by the city of, of the yeah, team. yeah. Either, no matter how it pans out, it's a convenient way to get Jason and Susie running into each other because uh, Tattoo Girl Susie has a traffic ticket from the city of Dillon that she has to pay off. So they kind of have a little... Well, not only is she there just to pay a ticket, it sounds like she's going to be staying for an extended amount of time in Dillon. Yeah. (laughs) Which is, is suspect because like... She, maybe she mentioned a reason why she was staying in Dillon specifically, but like when she was running that freezer up, she had to run it to like some neighboring town. Yeah. But she is in Dillon. Yeah. I, okay. We're, yeah. It's not worth picking apart. Uh, <laughs> You're right. I don't think it works, but we're not, yeah. We're finding a lot of holes here on what our like seven three watch. So <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> this show was never meant to be watched seven times. No. no. So, uh, but regardless, Jason and uh, <laughs> where we get into secret families and <laughs> witness protection program uh, coaches and yeah, and that's the content you come here for. So they have a little flirting going on right there in the city city hall entryway. And you can tell they're excited to see each other. Yeah. Um, they make plans to catch up yeah. while uh while she's in town. Yeah, it's a date, what she says, but then well, no, it's not a date. Let's just remember that Jason is still engaged at this point. Yes. Let's not forget that. It Lila did ask him, Do you want to be engaged to me? He said, I don't know, but they haven't officially ended anything yet. So Landry shows up at Matt's house and Landry obviously is wanting to talk to him about this just terrible situation he's in. And Matt is not reading the room at all. No, he is. I think he's practicing for the roast (laughs) because he's, (laughs) he's roast to Landry. He's like, how did the day go? You know? (laughs) And, and yeah, it's, it's, like you said, he's not reading the room. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, it really ticks Landry off, but Landry does eventually uh, open up and spill the beans on yeah, he, the situation. <laughs> Matt roasts him so hard that he accidentally is like, well, you know what's really going on? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, not impressive uh, for Landry as a confidant there. But Matt then sobers up a little bit here and not literally sobers up just to be clear <laughs> it's matt saracen he wasn't drunk but matt gets serious and he's like you have to tell somebody landry he's pretty pretty adamant that landry needs to let somebody know yeah. and he's right 
Yeah, absolutely. Coach comes home. He's got a bottle of bubbly. He's got the <laughs> champagne. And I think he must have been maybe drank a little bit on the stop by somewhere on the way home. Cause he is definitely in a good mood, in a very <laughs> good mood. Yeah. Um, so he, he comes home. The first thing he does is he kisses Tammy. Yeah. First. Key. Uh, yeah. Explains that he ex- uh, accepted the job shortly thereafter. They break the news to Julie. She is not happy. No. She shows up late at night. Uh, Grandma Saracen's still up. Matt's probably already in bed. <laughs> he's a, he's a softy. He's a softy. Uh, or he's drawing pictures or listening to Bob Dylan <laughs> in his room. But either if it's, way. If it's, if it's between 8 and 9 p.m., he's probably listening to Bob Dylan. <laughs> if it's any time after 9, he's definitely sleeping. <laughs> yes, agreed. <laughs> so Julie shows up at, at Matt's house knocks on the door and she breaks the news to Matt that she's moving. She's pretty inconsolable. I think at this, at this point, I don't blame Julie for wanting to tell Matt, but that's kind of a bummer that she tells Matt at this point. And yeah, not great timing. No, no, but I think that's also part of why she wants to do it. I think she wants to, um, Mm. I think she's so mad. She wants to, What's the word? She's kind of lashing out at coach by yeah. telling Matt. Is sabotaging. She's yes, sabotaging. Yep. Uh, I wanted to make a note of the music cue that's going on over this because it's just your classic explosions in the sky. But yeah. it was it was really well done explosions in the sky. And it wasn't like the inspiring your hand in mine explosions right. in the sky. But I, I definitely I noticed it too. Yeah. It was a darker explosions in the sky track that was very nice so coach and jason are kind of teaming up on saracen to kind of scare him into working hard for the week yeah we kind of talked about this last week and it's another moment of street (laughs) trying to play the the hard-ass coach and failing because he's got this smirk on his face the whole time i didn't i don't know if you transcribed their whole interaction i the only thing i remember was that street says they're gonna have lunch together yeah. matt says i usually have lunch with julie and street says something along the lines of like oh i got that taken care of i'll i'll talk to julie i'll let her know that there's a new girl in town and her name's jason street or something like that <laughs> yeah yeah i did write that part down i purposely didn't write the earlier stuff down because i f- i felt like it could have been comical but freaking Jason's delivery on the whole thing of trying so hard to be a hard ass made it like cringy and annoying. So I did not transcribe it uh, as protest to there's a, there's a reason that he followed the show up with heart of Dixie, (laughs) which both of our significant others would be uh, mad at you for saying that, but, and we love Rachel Bilson. So I didn't mean it that much. Yeah. (laughs) I didn't mean it as that much of an insult. So, just for the record, I'm assuming that at some point we will have an entire podcast where we regularly talk about how much we love Rachel Bilson. Absolutely. Yeah. I <laughs> we've, we've teased this before, but I think it's almost a given that we will follow up reliving the lights with an OC related podcast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's going to happen uh, folks. But yeah, for the record, Scott Porter, that's not an insult. We love you. Come on the show. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take you, man. 
<laughs> You're no Amy T. Garden, but we'll take you. <laughs> we can get J Head on the show. <laughs> Why is his name Head with such a huge forehead? <laughs> Why did that happen was, to him? I swear to you. It was like two hours before you stabbed me that that Angie was on his IMDb page and she's like, look at him now and also how unfortunate it is him that his name is Head. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. Shortly thereafter, Landry is uh, meeting with Mrs. Coach. She, he is, this is, it's not, it's not funny, but it is kind of moment <laughs> where he's telling Tyra's story, but he keeps her identity a secret. Yeah, my friend. Yeah, my friend this and my friend that. And Mrs. Coach says, Landry, was it you that was assaulted? (laughs) (laughs) Which isn't funny. It's not funny, but it is. But it is. Uh, (laughs) So, once again, Landry, the absolute worst at keeping secrets. Come on, bro. I mean, it's good that you're telling people, but... (laughs) You're failing he, miserably. Yeah. Like he falls for every trick in the book. And like, the thing is, I don't think Mrs. Coach is even trying to manipulate him. I think no. she's just trying to be like, Hey, if this is you, you can tell me Yeah, like, but, but like, and, yeah. So it's not even falling for tricks in the book. Like he's just trying to like, tell he is just like, okay, I can't tell you this, but I have to tell you this. <laughs> so I think he went in there, whether he admit. Ad, would admit it or not, he went in there with every intention of telling Tammy who it was, even if he was telling himself that he I wasn't he going to. So yeah. After he, uh, you know, she asked if it was him. He says no. It was it was Tyra. Tyra Colette. Yeah, Tyra. He spe- I noticed he specified Colette. <laughs> How many Tyras they do they have it? Yeah. Dylan. Well, it must be. I mean, if we think it's as big as Aberdeen. Because they do get a second high school later in the series. Spoiler yeah, alert. Yeah. Um, could be. So because Landry has spilled the beans on the situation, Tammy has drug it out of him uh, <laughs> with some very low pressure yeah, interrogation say, techniques. Uh, as far as dragging things out of people, uh, I mean, it'd be like... Me dragging this wicker basket behind me. It's not taking much. <laughs> it's not taking much effort. That made a weird sound. We've got these like gym style hardwood floors. <laughs> so oh, yeah. like, yeah, it's a, and it's also, this is, it's pretty heavy. That was a bad analogy. <laughs> Good try though. It was, it was a, it was a nice effort. It was, yeah. uh, but because of all that, they head down to the police station with Tyra to file a report. And as I feel like we've come to find out in recent years uh, is not an, an uncommon experience. The police interviewer guy is kind of a dick about the whole thing. Yeah. Um, he doesn't handle it very professionally at all. Basically doubts her. Um, and then she kind of has to go through the, like, they photograph her bruiser, bruises, and she's seeming pretty, like, humiliated about yeah. the entire situation experience. Yeah. I use this word a lot, but, like, pretty trauma, like, re-traumatizing experience, it seemed like. Absolutely. 
So she's humiliated and on her way out of the the police station, Landry's waiting for her and she kind of she kind of lights into him a little bit about yeah. putting her being the reason that she got put through all of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she says some pretty hurtful things about yeah. him just being like a smelly nerd or something like that. And <laughs> yeah. Tells him basically, I never want to talk to you again. Yeah. <laughs> Which it's like a fourth grade insult, but it was very harsh. <laughs> it was a very yeah. harsh fourth grade insult. Like a you smelly can tell that it, whatever. that it hit Landry pretty hard. Yeah. We see the Taylor family and coach is like super giddy and wants to take the family out to dinner and I got to say, he's being pretty obtuse about his family's feelings on the whole TMU thing. Yeah, he is not reading the room. No. <laughs> uh, neither Tammy nor Julie are very excited about this situation. Tammy, because she had the feeling and asked asked him not to accept it on the spot, and he did. And Julie, because she has to leave the love of her life, Matt Saracen. Uh, also, I don't know if you noticed this in this scene. I did, and I made a note. Like I wrote it down uh-huh. that Tammy is drinking a glass of wine that is like full. <laughs> <laughs> it is a strong pour. I did not notice that. No, <laughs> but good for her. So, yeah, for the record, no judgment. <laughs> Just yeah, no. mentioning. Uh, from everything I've read, there is no good reason to only pour like a small glass of wine. That's just something that restaurants do to right. to not pay or not to make more money. That's what I was going to say was most of my experience with pouring wine almost exclusively was working in restaurants. So <laughs> um, I mostly know what is a proper pour of wine because I worked in restaurants for several years. So, yeah. um, if you're at home, man, go ahead and fill it up. Right. It's fine. Yeah. Do you, <laughs> but yeah, she's, she is hitting the wine pretty hard at this point. Um, and so yeah, coach is just not reading the room on the TMU thing. And Julie storms out. She does not want to go to dinner, even though coach offered to let her pick where they were going to eat. And so Tammy tentatively proposes a potential alternative solution to the TMU situation. And she suggests that maybe she and Julie would stay in Dillon until Julie graduated from high school while coach goes off and takes the TMU job. Coach wants no part of this. No, no. He is not interested in the slightest. No. And Tammy specifically said, don't just say no. Take some time to think about it. And coach goes ahead and immediately shuts it down. And I just have written my notes here. Uh, Coach is a dick. Yeah. Doesn't handle this well. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's just say he's not getting 10 two weeks in a row. For (laughs) inspiration. No. He is not. Uh, Waverly and Smash are having an interesting conversation. Waverly gives Smash the hall pass for two weeks, basically. Yeah, I was going to say that uh, the the Fairley brother that didn't write Green Book watched this episode and was like, oh, and he had an idea, and he wrote hall pass based on this episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So she basically gives Smash 
permission for the next two weeks while he's, you know, at state and all that to enjoy himself. She says that multiple times. Just go enjoy yourself. And smashes. He hops right on that. Not remotely skeptical. <laughs> Are you he serious? Is, yeah. <laughs> he is okay. on board. Not not the reaction I'm sure most uh, girlfriends are looking <laughs> for in that situation. Well, we do kind of see, like, throughout this episode, uh, and I didn't write any of this down, but I know it was prior to this and after this, that we see some girls macking on Smash. Mm-hmm. And he really seems to only have eyes for Waverly, despite his reputation. Yep. But I think Waverly can see mm-hmm. that there's she's not the only one interested in the smash the smash yeah i'm assuming that you know after last week when he said you know i can't handle this this is too much for me she feels bad and wants yeah, this, to give him a break and this is know, her way of kind of yeah resolving that <clears> probably motivated strategy. out of yeah probably motivated out of shame and guilt more than anything else but at this point smashes Pumped. Yeah, he is hype. <laughs> about he is situation. hype. Okay. Uh, All right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, at this point, Tim's hot mom girlfriend breaks up with him. Yeah. So that's she, a bummer for him. She breaks things off. She's worried that Bo might get hurt, which is a pretty legitimate concern, yeah, but also absolutely. still sucks because I saw a future here. I don't know about you. Yeah, well, I saw Tim, like, happy and fulfilled as a human being for a little bit. So, I don't know about a future, but I felt a potential good future. How about a potential future? Yeah. I mean, it's going to be tough when she's literally twice his age. Yeah, which she basically already is. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah that's what I mean. She's yeah. assuming Tim is 17. That's 34. Yeah. So, we can, and she's right there. We see Tim playing high school until season three. So either he was held back, which is very strong possibility considering what we know about Tim or he's 15. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But so bummer for Tim bummer for the Garrity's in this next little scene here. Yeah. We get a, the Garrity family meeting Uh, buddy and his wife are getting a divorce and they announce it to the kids yeah, uh, Buddy Junior and Lila and the other daughter. Uh, <laughs> Lila storms out. She's upset. She doesn't even want to see Buddy. She doesn't want anything to do with him. Yeah, um, which I think is unfair. I, I hate to defend Buddy Garrity in any yeah. any sense, but I think Lila's being a hundred percent unfair because she was unfaithful, Daddy. Yeah. Was unfaithful to to Street and the one person who I mean we didn't see Lila's mom in any of that like the one yeah. person that we saw really not only defend her but like really consider her emotions like you remember he was like on the Slam website like he was really yeah. concerned about it so yeah. um, granted he's been unfaithful more. Uh, as we find out, uh, or as we found out a few episodes, yeah, if you will, as we found out a couple episodes ago, um, I think for her to be as upset as she is, all things considered, is extremely unfair to Buddy Garrity, and that's the nicest thing I'll say about Buddy Garrity. <laughs> yeah, maybe the only 
The only times when Buddy Garrity has seemed like a real human being are when he's been compassionate towards Lila. But yeah. But, you know, when you're already feeling guilty about your own actions, it's easy to see someone who's a little bit worse than you. And, well, at least I'm not that person. That's a good point. Yeah, Yeah. I bet that that has a big uh, effect on on her uh, mentality. Yeah. So Jason and Tattoo Girl Susie are getting some Mexican food together. He shows up late to their meeting slash date. There's some real awkward tension going on between them. Yeah. But we, we don't actually get to see their date. We no. flash straight forward from him being late to the end of the date as they are in the uh, her vehicle. I assume. It seems like. Mm-hmm. Discussing details about the date, which is pretty, uh, I don't want to say innocuous, but pretty <laughs> irrelevant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In general. This was fun. Yeah. It was a good time. Yeah. <laughs> Tetra Girl basically says, Listen, I'm done pussyfooting around. Uh-huh. I like you. Uh-huh. And Street says, I like you too. They kiss. Yeah. And as they are kissing, Lila pulls up. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, she sees the whole thing. Yeah. She walks up to the window. They are mortified, like, oh, frick. And obviously she freaks out, pulls the ring off her finger, throws it in his face. They're done. Engagement over. And Lila just taking a big old L in this episode. Yeah. Multiple huge L's in this episode. Yeah, she's she's going through a tough one. I wish we were uh really seeing her like really I don't know if rebel or what the right word is for it, but uh-huh. for as many L's as she takes, she handles it pretty emotionally, which is it makes me really uh uh she handles it well emotionally, which makes me kind of relate to Lila because uh <laughs> I haven't taken any real L's in my life. I mean, you know, here and there. Uh-huh. But uh, I've had a pretty pretty privileged life, but uh, I'm also like a real rule follower to uh-huh. a, a pretty good extent. So I, I can relate to Lila to an extent with that. With um, I think she assesses the risks to benefits ratio in a lot of uh, things that she does, uh-huh. and uh, I think she's a pretty emotionally intelligent person. But maybe I'm just saying that because I relate to her in this situation, <laughs> and I consider myself an emotionally intelligent person. Maybe I'm not, but. No, I think in I think in this episode we see that like she's just pretty honest and realistic about the situation and yeah, I think <laughs> Listen, Josh, I want to hear I want to see Lila hit rock bottom, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she the the L's aren't going to stop coming for a while. So I want to see her in a heroin den. In Dylan. <laughs> oh, okay. That low. That rock bottom. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, maybe not that far. Um, so Lila and Jason break up and then Tim yeah, she breaks takes off, takes her engagement ring off, throws it at him. Yeah, just classic move. You gotta do it, right? If you're gonna yeah, break off the engagement, she, you gotta throw as, the ring in their face. As the as the kids say, she had to do it to him. <laughs> so Jason and and Lila break up and then Tim and Bo break up 
Yeah, it's uh, a real bummer of a moment. Uh, Tim gets home. Bo's hanging out just outside of his house. Just gives the, for him. Gives the classic, hey, Tim Riggins. <laughs> Tim tells Bo that they're not going to be able to hang out anymore. Breaks to him. But Bo is still pretty optimistic about the whole situation. <laughs> yeah, they have this big, long conversation about the, how they can't hang out anymore, how Tim's going to be big, busy. And then he's like, Bo's like, so I'll see you later then? <laughs> yeah, I yeah. guess. <laughs> Tim doesn't waste any time. He goes immediately to Tyra's house. Yeah, wastes absolutely no time. I'm pretty sure he ended that conversation with Bo and got in his pickup. Like, this is <laughs> seconds later. Could be measured in seconds, logically. And it's, it's de- debatable what Tim's motivations are. He claims to Tyra that he just wants to hang out as a friend, but disagree. It's not debatable. (laughs) I see right through this. I love Tim Riggins, but I see right through this. And Tyra saw right through it too. Um, She had heard the rumors about town, about his, his old lady. He was (laughs) shacking up with. Yeah. She basically says I'm not available for that. Yeah. For the rebound type situation. Tim says he doesn't want that. He says, let's just hang out. Let's go to the roast yeah. together. Yeah. Come with me to the roast. <laughs> Good old honorable Tim Riggins. <laughs> just wanting to be friends. So the roast is here. <laughs> I love the roast. I don't think it comes up in any other season. No. But I love the roast. <laughs> There is a, from for sure, my pick of quote of the episode is in the roast. I'm sure yeah. you know exactly what it is. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll get there because I've also got some other thoughts on that. But the roast is here. Everybody's having a good time. Smash, by the way, there's an earlier scene right before, oh, it was when those girls were macking on Smash and Waverly tells him that he's <laughs> got the hall pass. Yeah. That Smash reveals to these girls, he's got this joke. <laughs> and he says when Saracen took over as QB1, he was so uh nervous or impersonable, shy. so shy. <laughs> he was so shy that he had to email in all his plays. That was so, the first time we've heard that. That's joke. the first time we heard it. <laughs> the second time is at the beginning of the at the roast where everybody's, you know, it's kind of the warm-up cocktail hour, except for it's a high school situation, so it's not cocktails, but <laughs> right. a cocktail hour esque situation. He is telling his email a joke a joke again to some nearby ladies. Yeah. We get Buddy at the mic. He's the MC. <laughs> of course. Of course, yeah. Buddy Garrity. Yeah, he's gotta the, be at the center of this. Yep. The MC of the of the annual team roast. And Buddy <laughs> Buddy steals how Okay, it's never really quite explained (laughs) if he stole the joke or if he came up with the same exact joke himself. I I choose to to believe that he that he stole it that he overheard it and he stole it. Yeah, it's got to be because Smash was extremely proud of this joke (laughs) and he was telling a lot of people before the roast. I imagine he told the entire town of Dylan before the. He probably told it directly to the buddy. (laughs) buddy. I bet. (laughs) Yeah, the buddy himself. Yo, buddy. I got a good one for the roast. Tell me how good this is. Uh, anyway, Buddy steals the email joke. It kills. <laughs> People love it. 
people are absolutely eating it up. Smash is visibly upset. <laughs> are you freaking kidding me? Uh man, yeah, Smash is upset. I did not. I'm glad that you love the roast. I didn't take very good notes on it, so oh, you better keep going. Here. I absolutely love, love. love I loved it too. This. I just didn't didn't take good notes. Um. So then, <laughs> uh, Tim Riggins comes to the mic. <laughs> yes. Starts off his set with my. Absolute quote of the episode. Yeah, it's no debate. Like I was gonna say, if you were gonna even challenge this with anything else, I would veto, <laughs> veto. it. Like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Tim Riggins, who clearly does not understand the concept of the roast, <laughs> gets up there and is confident. And I I do wanna this is why I said earlier, like that I wanted to talk about this a little bit more because I remembered this quote. Like, that's how good this quote is. Yes, absolutely. I have not watched this episode in for sure 10 years. (laughs) And I remembered this quote. But, so when Tim goes to Tyra's house and he, um, she tells him she's not available for sex, basically. In my mind, I was like, okay, this is a logical thing because this is for sure the roast. And I know what happens to the roast with this Tim Riggins quote. And I thought for sure Tim was drunk when he said this. And I thought the logical conclusion was she says no, he goes home and drinks a bunch, shows up at the roast drunk. <laughs> Not the case. No. There are no Tim Riggins beer, big rig beer tallies in this episode. Tim Riggins, to our knowledge, is stone sober <laughs> when he gets up in front of a crowd of most of Dylan. Yeah. And says, Hey, uh, how about Saracen sleeping with the coach's daughter? <laughs> he is so proud of himself in that moment. He is so proud until he realizes, <laughs> until he hears the crickets chirping. Uh, the crowd does not take to that joke at all. And I'm pretty impressed with how Coach and Tammy take that. They pretty much take it in stride a little. They handled bit. it pretty maturely. <laughs> yeah, all things considered. Oh, he he thought he just had a home run though. He did. <laughs> you you could tell. He really thought he was like, I've got this roast thing down, and <laughs> yeah, it's a great great Tim Briggs moment. And I'm so like honestly happy that <laughs> that happened in a sober Tim Riggins moment to our knowledge, to our knowledge. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like, I was sure that was a drunk Tim Riggins moment. I was sure of it. <laughs> um, Not the case. No. So I'm so happy that that happened yeah. the way it did. Tammy and coach Taylor mm-hmm. are at their table mm-hmm. at this roast banquet and they are arguing kind of under their breasts about the Austin situation. Yeah. And as they're doing that, buddy Garrity calls Tammy to the stage. And let me tell you, Josh, forget the coach Taylor inspiration rating. (laughs) I think we replaced it with the Tammy Taylor inspiration rating on this one because she absolutely nails this speech. I do not have it written down. I'm going to quick see if it's on the IMDb page because this is a, a genuinely like, I think that everything is 
established oh still on the hall pass page on imdb <laughs> um <laughs> i think this is genuinely like we know tammy and coach just enough to really at this point like appreciate and love tammy just that much mm-hmm. in this particular scene so i don't remember what tammy says but she delivers a a very very moving speech oh yeah the only i do want to go back to because the only quote that they do have the on the imdb page is another (laughs) great smash quote where he says about tim riggins there are two things that you can say that will put a smile on his face one we're going to state and two the results are in you are not the father (laughs) (laughs) i think that joke does better than the email joke yeah yeah uh But anyway, back to Tammy. She gives a great speech. She really reveals her love for Coach Taylor. Yeah. Um, her love for the community. Yes. It's it's a very special speech. Yeah. Um, and and despite no and I think on top of that, knowing what we know about her actual emotions at the moment. Yes. That we know that she's actually not upset. They're in a very strong disagreement. Mm-hmm. And for her, it's a very mature moment for her to to go up on stage, say all those positive things about her husband, in spite of being really, really mad at him. It's yeah. a great, great Tammy moment. It's it is really nice, and she is really, yeah, says some some really great things about Coach, and like you said, says some really great things about the community. And we didn't talk about it much, but one of the things that she has brought up with coach about why she doesn't want to leave Dylan is just the relationships that she has with, with the students. And, you know, she doesn't feel like her work is done there. Um, You know, she's, she's gotten involved with this situation with Tyra on multiple levels, right? Like she was involved with, you know, kind of trying to get Tyra to aspire to more into head off. Yeah. Basically turning Tyra's whole life around in the first place. Yeah. And And then, yeah, helping now, her through a, an attack. Yeah. And so when she is talking about how much she cares, she and her family, the Taylors care about Dylan um, and how much they love them. You know, I think we kind of see coach and I, I think we, I kind of read on his face that he is maybe, I don't want to say feeling bad about the whole situation, but maybe coming to a deeper understanding of where Tammy is coming from Yeah, at that point. Um, so yeah, Tammy Tammy nails it here. Coach had a rough week on the the inspiring, but but yeah, the Tammy we, Taylor. We're gonna introduce the temporary Tammy <laughs> Taylor inspiration rating, and it is a a hard ten. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And once again, we mentioned this in the last episode that during these two episodes, Tammy is looking extremely good, and during the banquet, Tammy has got it going on. <laughs> I don't I don't want to say too much to put on the podcast, but good lord. <laughs> She's an attractive woman. Yeah, a beautiful woman. Connie right. Britton, if you're listening to this, we would love to have you on. Yeah. And speaking were... of hall passes, <laughs> Angie, I know you're listening to this. Connie, I hope you're listening to this. <laughs> Whew. All right. <laughs> Hell. But yeah, back to hall passes. Smash gets invited to a party by a 
by a lady. And he, he turns that down. Yeah. He takes a pass. He takes the pass on the hall pass. <laughs> um, so Tyra goes over to Landry. It's after the banquet, after the roast. She apologizes, attempts to apologize to him. Landry's having none of it. He's going into full-on defensive kind of jerk mode. Yeah. He, this is, I didn't write down the entire quote, but he has an, uh, an interesting um, description of Tim Riggins. Cause she says, or, you know, he's like, Oh, I see you're here with Tim. I know you're back with Tim Riggins. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I bet he, you know, he's going to put on his, and this is where my quote begins. Cute, but tragic Texas forever routine. <laughs> It was a it was a pretty uh, breaking the fourth wall meta type <laughs> reference there. Yeah, cute but tragic Texas Forever routine, which is a great description. I love yep. that. Yeah, uh, we kind of mentioned this. Well, I don't know if it made the cut of the last episode because <laughs> we're recording this the same night. Yeah, we'll but see. Landry goes into quote unquote nice guy mode. <laughs> mm-hmm. Gets pretty about tim pardon my language we can leap that out (laughs) but yeah he gets like he's a a real jerk about about tim riggins and tim riggins is in no by no merit a perfect human being but he like i said he goes into quote-unquote nice guy mode and he's lamenting that girls only date jerks why don't they date guys like me (laughs) landry would Landry would be really into the Joker, right? Landry's an incel for sure. <laughs> yes. Uh, in in 2020, Landry and Buddy Garrity are exchanging QAnon memes. <laughs> <laughs> this this version of Landry, anyway. Yeah. Uh, and Tim comes up, walks up, interrupts the whole thing, and <laughs> calls him Lando, which I. Got a little That's chuckle a good out bit, of yeah. Lando. Uh, invites him to come out and get some drinks with. Yeah, he's Tyra. like, "Hey, Lando, let's. You want to come out and have a few?" Like, which I thought was a pretty genuinely nice moment. Yeah, uh, of Tim to reach out to. Of course, they have a previous relationship, which I hadn't really considered. Oh, right. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that either. But, but I think it was a nice, a nice move. Yeah, but Landry just can't do it, and he kind of stomps off. Smash shows up. At Waverly's door with some cake from the roast. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, she invites him in. I'm guessing that Papa Waverly isn't home. It appears that way. She kind of, she takes his hand and leads him into the house in a way that suggests. Yeah, like, it's pretty suggestive. I think a couple episodes ago when she called Smash and said, hey, my dad's not home. Come over. Uh, and then he came over and she was crying on the kitchen floor. I think what he what happened in this episode is what he was expecting in that episode. <laughs> yeah. It seems that way. And yeah, I mean Smash has basically given up his rights to the hall pass for Waverly and she's appreciative of that, you know. Jason goes to talk to Lila. Doesn't go well. No. She it's is, officially over. She is definitely in her zone <laughs> of yep not having it she is going full screw jason street and i don't blame her yeah no not at this point it's obvious what needs to what needs to be done it's not easy but they just need to be done she sees that 
she says, don't come back here. It's and over. during all of this, and we'll get into this in a second with the awards, but we get a great Jose Gonzalez song. Uh, oh. Storm plays over this uh, smash bringing the cake and street showing up to Lila's house in the next scene. But we'll get into that with the music cues. So yeah, uh, the final scene we get is we see Coach and Tammy making up. Coach seems pretty moved by what she said at the roast, which she didn't really do any roasting. She just showed up and was like, Oh, she did. She was like, Oh yeah. She, she told some jokes <laughs> talking yeah. about going on dates and stuff and they watch game film and then they come yeah, home and they watch game true. film. You're right, you're but, right. but yes, she, she said some very nice things. Although I feel like coach is still not reading the situation. No, he has still no being idea. Quite obtuse yet. So he has this big speech about how much he loves her and respects her and all that, and how Austin will be good to the Taylor family. And she yeah, kind of says to it all. She says Austin will be good for us, but I'm not going to Austin. Yep. I can't. I can't. I can't leave Dylan now. Yep. So Tammy is putting her foot down. She is not going to roll over on this, and that's where the episode ends. Yep. So things are pretty turbulent right now in a lot of different areas. And that's pretty much, that's pretty much the episode there. Yeah. Roll credits. Let's take a little break and then we'll dig into a few, few of the major characters for this episode. Okay. Welcome back. We're going to talk a little more in-depth on some of our characters from this episode. Let's start with our series central relationship here. Coach and Tammy, they're going through it right now. Yeah, they are definitely going through it. Uh, yeah, Coach, I mean, kind of betrayed Tammy by did, yeah. accepting the job offer when Tammy straight up told him not to do it. And he will be rated accordingly in yes, our next will. segment. Tammy is going i think she's being revenge hot in these two episodes i think mm. she's preemptively in the last episode and uh, accordingly being vengeful <laughs> and and being hot uh in doing so yeah it's not it's not a great look for either of them right now it's a great look for tammy because she looks great <laughs> right in that sense uh, in that sense, yeah, absolutely. But yeah, I, I think it's it's a very relatable position. You both get your heels dug in, and you both think you're in the right, and you both think that you're entitled to your position, and you're at an impasse. And I think most people who have been in a any sort of long term relationship can <laughs> relate to that that situation. Yeah. So I fall more on the side of Tammy in this particular situation though. Uh, even though I understand both positions, I feel like coach definitely did, as you said, betray her with his, she specifically asked him not to go ahead and just accept the position on the spot, but they needed to discuss it as a family. And he did just that he accepted the position on the spot. So I understand how Tammy can be upset in the situation. Absolutely. But I also, I also understand how coach would feel pressured to he I mean he had to take the yeah. job or lose it. So mm-hmm. no, I I definitely understand both their positions. 
I definitely understand, yeah, where Coach is coming from by accepting the job, but I definitely definitely can understand why Tammy is as upset as she is. And Coach did not seem to express much remorse or he was not apologetic in the slightest. Oh, he was frankly giddy about the entire situation. Yeah, he got a little got a little got a little buzz going and then got was trying to get a little frisky with Tammy yeah. while he which hard to blame him with how good she's been looking. <laughs> yes. Waverly and Smash are navigating <laughs> a pretty complex situation in arrangement for a couple of what juniors in high school? Yeah, pretty tough waters for it's, uh, an open relationship at this point. Yeah, which is, I mean, offered up by by Waverly, and by all accounts, Smash should be uh, <laughs> and is initially thrilled about, but eventually comes comes to his senses and realizes how how much he cares for Waverly. Yeah. By everything that we can see, it seems that Smash should be able to very easily take advantage of this situation. It's, yeah, it would not be a problem for I him think to cash in. I think it's intentionally highlighted throughout the episode that if Smash were to want to take advantage of this hall pass, he could without any uh, even thinking about it. Yeah, um, it kind of reminded me of. If we can mention this, we uh, a conversation Angie had. Angie and I had her on the ride from Brookings to Pier. <laughs> Angie was talking about how oh, she was talking because she called her dad as we were leaving Brookings, and she was like, "I called my dad," and he was like, "Short of breath," and she was <laughs> like, "You know, my mom's out of town, and if if you weren't my dad, I would think you know maybe that'd be cause for concern that I call him up and he's short of breath, but." He's, she's also like, I know my dad, he's an engineer by trade. <laughs> like, <laughs> he kind of, for those of you who don't know my relationship, my girlfriend, uh, her mom is from Honduras and her dad is from South Dakota. <laughs> um, and just like, kind of like, you know, he kind of fumbled into his relationship with my mom. <laughs> like, it <almost laughs> basically happened by accident. <laughs> and so she she had mentioned like how once after her, her dad's a coach uh, was like the Legion baseball coach for a number of years. He has, uh-huh. uh, he won like the, or he got like awarded a hometown hero award a couple of years ago and it was great. Oh, nice. Um, it was a very great speech. You want to talk about inspirational Jim Iverson, <laughs> but <laughs> and she had mentioned like a couple of years ago, her sister had mentioned to her mom. She was like, you know, mom, if you passed away, like, you know, all the elderly single ladies in town would be macking on dad. <laughs> um, but also like, she was like, well, we wouldn't have to worry about it because dad would be basically oblivious to the entire thing. <laughs> and, um, that's how I feel like, uh, who were we talking about? <laughs> smash. Smash. Yeah. So I feel like that's where smash is almost in the situation where we kind of see a parallel <laughs> Jim Iverson to some extent <laughs> where he's got all these ladies back on him, but he's only got eyes for Waverly. Yeah. Which um, is very not typical of the smash we knew prior to Waverly, right. but he is a changed and that's, man. That's where the parallel ends. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, 
All right. So uh, how do you feel about these types of arrangements? (laughs) I think, uh, sure. Here's what I think. I think if the two consenting adults that are involved in that type of arrangement are mature enough to handle it and agree on what it takes to handle it, you do you. You do you. Um, Fair enough. Would I ever want to be in that type of arrangement? Absolutely not. (laughs) I cannot. I mean, I cannot picture you or I being able to (laughs) stay sane in that type of situation. Absolutely not. This is not the type of arrangement that I was emotionally built for. (laughs) Um, No. And I don't think about that. And to just to go back to my previous statement, I don't think that has anything to do with my emotional maturity. I just know what I want in a relationship and it's not that. Yeah. <laughs> and some people aren't to me. Yeah. So I think if, if that is you and you have a consenting adult partner who also feels that way, go for it. Yeah. And if you can both handle it, that being said, that's that's not what I look for in a, in a relationship, and that's not what I hope that my partner looks for in a relationship, yep. in a relationship I'm in. So. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be a problem if that yeah. is what – yeah. No, I'm pretty much the same way. Like, I'm not going to tell anyone else what they should do and what they should not do, yep. uh, but I do think from – from where I stand and from what I think and what I believe, I don't feel like I might go a little bit farther than you and say, I don't feel like that's probably going to be the most profitable thing for, for most relationships. I'm not going to tell you, you can't do it or that you shouldn't do it. But <laughs> in my no, mind, no, I, I agree for, it's for not most, the ideal. for most relationship, for sure. For a mature majority of, of relationships, that's a bad call. Yeah. Probably don't do that. But I think there are, Absolutely exceptions Mm -hmm. um, where people can do that and handle it maturely and, and more power to, to those (laughs) folks. Um, But I am uh, decidedly not one of them. (laughs) (laughs) Same. All right. Good. Well, we got that established. Sorry, Angie and Lindsay, you're stuck with us. (laughs) (laughs) No hall passes for you. I mean, you know, I will. And just to clarify, though, I think there are, um, you know, the old the old classic episode of Friends uh, rules where there's celebrities involved. And that makes I think, uh, you know, like that (laughs) that outside zero point zero zero one percent chance in in which I meet Taylor Swift or Ellie Goulding (laughs) and Angie is understanding of that in the same way that where she meets Robert Pattinson, you know, I'm going to let it slide. But, um, but I think in terms of just general sleep with whoever you want, uh, that ain't it for me. (laughs) Fair enough. Yeah. All right. So no hall passes for our significant others. Yeah. Landry and Tyra budding relationship immediately thrust into the deep end <laughs> not so much budding anymore uh yeah what do we what do we make of what's going on between landry and tyra at yeah point? but yeah. I, I feel like landry really like 
shot himself in the foot and was kind of a, a injury handled thing. it extremely poorly. Um, watching this as a 32 year old, it was definitely very different from watching this as a 20 year old when, yeah, when you sure. and I first did. Um, because I think I may be sympathized more with Landry at the time. And maybe that's just good writing, I guess. But yeah. as a, as a 32 year old, I, I look at this and I'm like, Oh yeah, my guy, this ain't it. <laughs> this ain't it. I feel like if, uh, you know, a, anyone, a woman goes through an experience of sexual assault, you pretty much need to be understanding of however they choose to handle that situation. Yeah. You need to At be least as, not be offended by it. Yeah. You need to be as absolutely respectful of whatever level of privacy that she wants to attribute to that. Yeah. I mean, if you want to go ahead and murder the guy who did it, you know, that's, <laughs> that's up to you. <laughs> But at least be respectful of of what she wants. Josh, I have a feeling you're going to be eating those words. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why. I've just got a feeling. I really, when this started happening, I was like, "Oh my gosh did this Did this happen did first you, season?" I know I did too. I did. I had the same exact. I don't uh, remember reaction. how this actually comes about, but they must cross paths again. Yeah. So. Yeah, no, I had the same I had the same moment where I was like, oh my god, were they really installing this in the <laughs> in the season one? But uh nope. but alas. Yeah. So yeah, Landry and Tyra, it's uh it's very it's turbulent. complicated. Yeah, very, very complicated and turbulent at this point. So we will continue to dive into that relationship week after week after week. Uh spoiler, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert, sorry. All right. Um, Angie, I, I just got to say this. Angie is a big, uh, this is one thing that we have, um, one of my biggest pet peeves. I love her, but. Um, <laughs> I love her, but. <laughs> my second biggest pet peeve behind people who are watching a movie with you and then they go, oh, what's happening? Or what did that person do when you're, when you, when they know that you've seen it before and it's just like, just watch and you'll know. Yeah. Is Angie will watch a show or movie and she'll be like, I bet this happens. And (laughs) so like, yeah, like literally Uh like the second interaction with Landry and Tyra, she's like, I bet they get together. And I'm like, stop. (laughs) Keep those predictions to yourself. I don't need that on me. You know, that I know what happens. (laughs) Right. All right. So we covered coach and Tammy Waverly and smash Landry and Tyra. We got the major relationships of the episode covered. I think we're ready to move on to our awards for the week. Yes, sir. All right. We'll be right back. Okay. It is time to give out our awards for episode 121, Best Laid Plans. Last week, Coach had a perfect week. Yeah. It was a 10. Or was it? Do we give him a 10? Yeah, we gave him a 10. We gave him a 10. Else Um, I can guess it. (laughs) No. Well, 
I just, man, coach had a 10 and the episode had a 10. Yeah. That's where I was getting confused. We couldn't have possibly given out two tens in one week. We did. Well, Josh, it was a mud bowl. It was the mud bowl. So that definitely happened and it was the right call. Folks, we had ourselves a mud bowl. <laughs> <laughs> the titular line of episode 120. Uh, however, coach is following up his perfect week. Not so perfect. Not so perfect. Not so good at all. Not even close to perfect. I was not impressed with coach this week. As I mentioned before in my notes, I have just simply coach is a dick. (laughs) Yeah. I'm going to give him a three. I got to look back and see what the lowest rating we've given him so far. Oh, he's had ones. So man, I, if he's had ones before, this is the worst I've ever seen him in my opinion. So I'm going to go straight. I'm going to go straight zero. I don't know how we're going to find a a middle there. I think this is his, his weakest episode. He he's, there's no redeeming factors for coach in this episode. Yeah. I think you might be right. I'll, I think you I'll need to, to you. yeah, I think you need to come my way a little bit on this one. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I'm willing to, I'm willing to give, how about we, let's call a meeting in the middle is 0.5. Okay. We're going fractions. Okay I think that's okay in this, in this particular situation. So I don't know that we're ever going to get that big of a swing. I can't imagine a 10 to a 0.5 is pretty drastic, obviously. Next up, we have the Julie Hatometer. What did we have for Julie this week? Yeah, no, Julie does uh, spill the beans to Matt in this yeah. that they're moving to Austin, which is understandable, I guess. That's about all that Julie shows up. Yeah, and she's pretty sympathetic. Well, she has the the moment where Coach shows up and he's all giddy and he's going to buy them dinner and she storms off, which is 100% sympathetic. Yep. I don't know that she's likable. I don't know that she's hateable. I'd maybe give her some negative points just for sympathy in this. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. Like a negative two. Okay. So, Julie, we are on the negative side. We have been, including this episode, it's been three weeks of liking Julie. So, she's on a good little run here, mostly just because we feel sorry for her. Yeah, season two is just around the corner and things are going <laughs> to turn around real fast for our friend Julie Taylor. Yeah, yeah, Julie, you've got about one more episode until we we turn a corner. The Big Rig Beer Tally, I did not did not catch any beers nothing, no, this episode. I didn't, I didn't not even any drunk Tim moments. Even though I was, I was <laughs> sure prior to this that he was drunk when he pulled the, how right. about the, how about Matt Saris and sleeping with the coach's daughter, but incredibly not drunk in that situation. Yeah. Impressively not drunk. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the buddy Garrity sleazeball move of the week. Uh, I, I do have a nomination. I'm interested in your nominations. I actually did not have a nomination. The only things I had written down buddy, uh, was that he was the MC of the, uh, thing, I guess. <laughs> I guess him telling coach that he's got a good one. Okay. That's your nomination because you could come off as sleazy. I thought it come off. I thought it came off as really sincere, but you know what? We'll give him the benefit of the doubt on that. I think that's fair. (laughs) 
my move for sleazeball movie of the or my nomination for sleazeball movie of the, of the week was stealing Smash's joke about emailing. Oh, duh! Of course, emailing his plays in. Absolutely that. Absolutely yeah, that. That's blatant joke stealing. We frown upon that. All right, I I believe you talked about a notable music cue for the yeah. week that I didn't catch. So why don't you fill us in there? Yeah, so it was Storm by Jose Gonzalez. Uh, we have talked about Jose Gonzalez on this show before. Have we? Um, he had a musical cue a few weeks ago. I am not going to go digging in my notebook for it because <laughs> I had to actually reach the end of my subject that I was in in my college ruled five subject <laughs> notebook. So I had to move to a different subject and... Uh, episodes 20 and 21 are in a whole different thing. So I don't want to even try to go find it because it's going to be even yeah bigger mess than normally would. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. But, we'll spare you on that. But I had mentioned the last time that Jose Gonzalez had a notable music cue that he did a cover of a song called heartbeats by the knife. And it was one of those covers that was much better than the original. And I challenged Jordan Erickson to come at me <laughs> because he likes the original version by the knife. And that version is ridiculous and does not uh, accentuate the lyrics as well as Jose Gonzalez's <laughs> cover. So Sheesh. beefing hard about this. Okay. So that brings us to our quote of the week. What are your nominations for this week, Anthony? Did I have any? Oh, yes, I do. Of course, I do. Oh yeah, there's. It I is, mean, we already know who wins. Were there yeah. any additional? I think I only wrote down the winner. That one. Okay, I have one other one, and this is this is Street trying to be hard ass coach, which is pretty annoying. But I did I did like the one, and we already mentioned it, but. Street says to Saracen, get used to it because we're going to be having a lot of meals together. Saracen, oh, well, uh, I usually eat with Julie. <laughs> Street says, I'll take care of Julie. Don't worry about it. I'll give her a call. Tell her there's a new girl in town, and that girl is me. <laughs> Thank you, Saracen. Hit the weights. So, I, yeah, I'm never too impressed with, with Street trying to be the hard-ass coach, but I did think that was that was kind of funny. But there's an obvious winner for this category. Yeah. Well, and I think I, I will note after Ty, uh, Tammy's speech, because I didn't note this during the actual episode, that Buddy comes up and says to Coach, like, you got a good one, Coach, a real good one, which I thought was a a real uh, humbling moment for Buddy Garrity. Yeah. I had to kind of take a minute to decide if that was creepy or, like, genuine and nice. And I think it was genuine and nice. I think it was, too. I think – him going through the divorce, I think that was yeah, uh, true and genuine. I think it's notable to throw in the recurring twice by Smash and once by Buddy Garrity. <laughs> Saracen was so shy when he first started out that he had to email his plays in. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely the, the recurring it, theme quote of the episode. It gets funnier every time. Like literally the first time that we hear it, it's, co- it's Smash like telling it to his buddies testing it out <laughs> yeah and we're really not sure how it's going to land and it's it's not really funny no, to me like, like the first time i heard it, it wasn't that funny it was like come on smash 
And the second time I heard him say it, it was funnier because <laughs> like you could tell that Smash felt really confident in it. Yeah, he's really doubling down on it. Yeah, he was like, this is the joke that I got coming up. Be ready for this one. Uh, and then by the time Buddy <laughs> Garrity says it and it kills, it's hilarious. <laughs> not only because it's the third time, third time we hear it and two people thought it was funny enough <laughs> to say on a thing, but also it kills. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You've definitely talked me into that one being a solid contender, but. But yeah, the obvious it, winner. Yeah. Is Tim Riggins with, Hey, uh, <laughs> how about Matt Harris and sleeping with the coach's daughter <laughs> with a big old smirk on his face. Yeah. Once again, from memory, if you would have asked me 36 hours ago, <laughs> if I thought when Tim Regan said that, if he was sober or drunk, I am <laughs> I am completely sure that he is hammered drunk <laughs> when he says that. No, that is just earnest Tim Riggins trying to be funny. All right. Well. That leaves us with our last award for the week, and that is the overall episode rating. Once again, just like the coach rating, we we had a perfect 10 last week. Yeah. We're definitely not at that point. We're, we're, we're not a perfect 10 this week, but where are we sitting? I mean, I had a hey, good time. I like this episode a lot, to be entirely honest with you. Uh-huh. I'm willing to give it, I think... For sure, an eight. An eight, that's exactly what I was thinking. Very strong, you know. Not it's no mud bowl. Right. It's no mud bowl. You had me worried there because you were like much like last episode, and I thought you were thinking oh no with no, no, because no. you you brought up the coach parallel, and I thought you were swinging you were swinging low. <laughs> oh, oh no. No, it was it was a good episode. It was it was fun. So S- swinging low like the sweet chariot that Buddy Garrity <laughs> sang about. All by himself in the (laughs) stained glass chapel. Yeah. No, I'm good with an eight. So uh, that is where we're going to land for this week for best laid plans, a solid eight. We are, the next episode is the finale. Yeah. We got to, we got to get in touch with Chase and find out when is a good time to record with him. Cause yes, we got a, we got a special guest next week. The, the Julie Taylor of Platt, South Dakota, yeah, if you will. Both, well, the former Julie Taylor of Platt, South Dakota, the current Eric Taylor of Harrisburg, South Dakota. Oh, is he really the coach yeah. over there? I don't know if he's head coach. He might be the Mac McGill of, <laughs> of Harrisburg. We'll find out. Ooh, I, I hope only in job position and not in <laughs> world Racial <use>. insensitivity. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that'll be excellent. So be sure to listen next week. Yeah, make sure you I, tune in next week. It's going to be a special episode. I can it's, tell it's going to be a treat. We, yeah, we're we're closing out this season once again. Love watching the show. Love mm-hmm. talking about the show. Very mm-hmm. grateful you all are willing to listen to us talk about the show and various other things, kind of tangentially related yeah. to the show. We we. <laughs> We know we can get off topic and we enjoy it. I enjoy getting off topic. Uh, I think that's yeah. what brings the show, I think, to that uh, next special level is that we were willing to maybe branch out a little bit from that. Yeah. Yeah. We hopefully, have our 
semi-weekly segments like Anthony gets political or <laughs> how does this relate to Platt, South Dakota? Or Anthony's legendary Tinder <laughs> career. <laughs> Only on Patreon. <laughs> yeah. So thanks so much for sticking with us. Uh, if you've stuck with us for what, 21 episodes, yeah. uh, you're officially a super fan. Congratulations. Yeah, we we Feel certainly free to- appreciate you. Feel free to put uh, "Reliving the Lights" super fan in your Twitter bio mm-hmm. or you know, wherever you want to show that off for sure. Tell your friends. Tell your friends. Uh, we love you. We appreciate you. That's it for this week. We'll see you next week for the finale of season yes. one. Let's touch God this time, boys. Let's touch God.